Imagine you picked up the most important book in the world, a book with words that can transform hearts. Now imagine it was full of highlights and notes in the margin, and you could see how this book has transformed someone's heart. This is the Notable Podcast. These are the discussions of twin pastors who share their underlining and highlighting. This is Season 6, Strengthen Hearts, a podcast on First Thessalonians. Here we go. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. How much you want to bet we can talk for about 30 minutes on on the first four words? Let's not bet. Oh, let's, we could go. Let's do it. We could go more than that. <laughs> <laughs> we could go more than that. There All is right. a lot there just in the first four words, just you know, in the names. You know what we need to do today with this with this incredible book is we're going to bring the human face to the story. We're going to bring Paul and Silas and Timothy um, to the dance, so to speak. Last time we said we're going to bring Cinderella to the ball. Today we're going to take Paul and Silas and Timothy, and we're going to show their heart to the world, which is which is all over this book. It's like it's like putting it's like putting flesh on bones it's it's like um putting the sides on a house so that uh, on the structure of the house it's it's sides just, on the house. my metaphors are stinking it up but <laughs> the point <laughs> the point is that i'd uh, say drywall or something like that with sides it's on bringing the, the story to life <laughs> right it's, right it's okay. bringing the story to life paul silas and timothy and the reason why I'm putting it like that is because when we, when you when you introduce a book, there's there's a certain tension, Timothy, and the tension is uh, there's there's actually a lot of detail, I guess you could say, that you really need to have in order to interpret a book, and uh, it can be very it can become very much like a bullet point instead of a story, very much like. PowerPoint slides where somebody's going click, 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 click. We've all experienced boring. that before. Especially and, on Zoom, right? Boring. <laughs> and you and you just miss like the emotional heft of Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Yeah. And and you know what, you know what stands out to me about about the, you know, even the way that they're this is very different from the way that Paul usually writes. I mean, usually he's coming at things um, and he's asserting his apostleship and his call from God and, and all of these different things. And, and, he, and he does that from the beginning. He'll say like, Paul, an apostle called by Jesus Christ. You know, the, this is a typical way that he introduces the letter. But here, he, he drops all the formality. You know, there, there's, there's no doctoral titles or apostolic, reverend-ish titles. He comes with his bare name with two people that he dearly loves, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. 
It's, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. This is very different from his typical letter, and we're going to talk about that more as we go. And, you know, boy, there, there's so much to say about this. Let me make one quick application, because uh, I think applications are important. But right from the, from the get-go in First Thessalonians, we have people, Christians, who are in a community, and here in particular, they are on a ministry team together. They love each other. They're committed to each other. They are writing in the we, you know. Most of the book is in the we. And we could break down those stats for you. So plural, uh, plural um, first singular, plural, to use a, a way of looking at that. We. Yeah. They're speaking in the we. We say this to you, right, together with Paul, Silas, and Timothy say it all together. In, right? in a very real sense, like, and we're going to break this down a little bit further, uh, but maybe this is uh, surprising. Uh, normally we'll say this is, a, this is a writing of Paul, but in a very real sense, and it is, like I, I, I affirm Pauline authorship here, there's no doubt about it, but he, we could also say that it's a letter from, Paul, from Silas and Timothy too. They were ministry partners. There is a we here um, that is speaking to the Thessalonian church. And so um, authorship, um, you could say it's, it's a letter from them as well. There's a we. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly right. I missed some of what you said. My internet was freezing up over here, but... Um, you know, I, I, I want to give you some stats on this. I'll, you talked about the stats. The, these are interesting to me. Yeah, lay them I, down. Come on. It's, it is. It's, it's, this is interesting stuff to me. L- listen to this. In a typical Pauline epistle, so we're looking at 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. Paul usually writes in the first person singular. So in other words, he's saying, I say this. I, I want you to do this. I encourage you. Um, all of this stuff. He's almost at, in all of those books, he's 60% of the time he's saying, at at a bare minimum, 60% of the time he's saying, I want you to do this. And typically, I think the average would be like 90% of the time. I mean, it is off the charts. The Apostle Paul is writing from himself in a singular way. Um, But 1 Thessalonians is the exact opposite. Now get this is an incredible stat. 96% of the book of, of First Thessalonians. So it's the complete opposite. 6% of the in First Thessalonians say we. And uh, what does that say to you, Jonathan? We have to savor that. That's for a, a stunning statistic. We have to savor that for a second, and because it is it is important, and we're going to talk about Christian community and and how that functions as the podcast develops here. But at the very least, I want to make this application, and I I apologize for if this is a little bit too popular or, or annoying or something like that. But uh, we equals we. Well, now I want to know what you're going to say. <laughs> we equals we. What? You know, like we. <laughs> Like you're on a swing. We <laughs> see. I told you it's bad. But or the like point, on a roller coaster yeah. or something. 
<laughs> ministry ministry happens in teams in the Bible. Oftentimes, sometimes the Apostle Paul right he's he like you like you described he's writing um, from his his personal apostolic uh, office that Christ had given him. Here he's writing from the we, and it, it's a good time for us to remember as Christians and. Uh, especially when when you serve church a church in leadership that you are a team together as you serve a church and often in the Bible you talk about how Christ sent out people um, in mission uh, called called mission by twos um, the Apostle Paul um, is a sense in a sense here and this is a nice little segue actually Timothy there's actually a nice pairing here. Um, with Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas are on this uh, second missionary journey together. They pick up Timothy along the way. Timothy's a convert of the Apostle Paul's, and uh, we got a Timothy on the podcast, so you could speak, you know, you're interested. Yeah, in I know. That's, that's why I was smiling. I was like, oh, it's like, my namesake. Yeah. <laughs> that's, but that Silas, let, let, me, let me get into Silas for a second, because he's He's awesome in the Bible. I don't know if you know that. I know you know that, but I'm talking to everybody who might be listening. In. Silas <laughs> is awesome in the Bible. Like he's like I've never those, really thought of it that way. I guess he's how he's, awesome was he? He's awesome. Like he's like he's like he's like Barnabas. You know, Paul Paul and Silas go off on a missionary journey. Barnabas and Mark go off on a missionary journey at the same time. Um, these. Uh, Barnabas and Silas were absolutely massive leaders in the Christian church. Um, Silas is, in a sense, almost uh, like, uh, I'm going to nuance this in just a second, so everybody just hang on, but he's a leader. He's a leader in the Jerusalem church. Um, When they had the council about the Gentile question, I wish we could get into that a little bit more. The podcast would go way too long. But they have this council in Acts chapter 15 Guess who it was who brings a letter? You know, he brings the letter to the churches. That's Silas. Why was it Silas? Because he was trusted. He was authoritative. Um, he was looked at as a leader, a foundational leader of the Christian church. Um, he's right up there with Barnabas. Um, so I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't put uh, Timothy quite a, a, a up there i mean you can put put him up against uh, he he's, oh, he's sort of on. like a junior you know he he gets dispatched <laughs> you know we're going to talk about that but he actually gets dispatched in a different way by he, by paul Jonathan, just to push Come back on, on that let's I, do it let's no do it. yeah no i don't know <laughs> i i don't know he gets he gets his own letters in the bible he timothy does i mean there's there's no there's no first Silas. <laughs> there's no first. There's no second Silas. Don't. Don't. I I feel like I have to say what Paul said to Timothy. Don't look. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. I'm not looking down. I'm not looking down. I'm just trying to hold up. I'm trying Timothy's to say Silas. <laughs> Silas. He is a big deal. He's a pastor, and pastors are a big deal in the Bible, and there's no doubt about it. But Silas is. He's. Uh, he's he's he. What I'm trying to say is he's the ministry partner of Paul here, um, in a special sense. They're commissioned yeah. together, and and that's really all I'm saying. Although I yeah, would yeah. I would say one one more thing about it. 
Paul does does um, dispatch or give instructions to Silas along the way, and you can look at that at, at on, in Acts seventeen verse fifteen. So Paul is fi- the final authority, it seems. But uh, this is a point. Here's the point: we got a we going on here, and these are incredibly important men of God. Yeah, we each we have a we, and it's worth thinking about who Paul, they are. Paul's- Yeah, and their and their backgrounds and how God's going to use their experiences to bring the gospel to this really difficult situation. I think one thing that you have to notice too is is since the you know that first person pronoun. I don't want to sound like too much like a grammar geek, but um, it, it is interesting to notice. Then when you get this rupture in the text, it's almost uh, you know I kind of think of it like a volcanic rupture. Anytime you hear Paul say, say I, like though, one of the things I think I want to, to really fall in love with is scripture. And, it, and it's so beautiful. And if you really start to notice how it's written, um, new, new things from the spirit can, can flow to you. So like there's, it only, the text gets ruptured like a volcano. Um, just three times, and I, I want to just read those. Here's the first one. So the whole letters from Paul, Silas, and Timothy, except for three different points. Here's the first one. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again. Isn't that emotion, you know? It's so emotional. He's like, I got to dispense with the we's, and I have to say I. I wanted to come to you again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Satan blocked our way. Okay. <laughs> you got you got to wonder. You got to wonder. Why are Timothy. you laughing? Well, it, there's there's so much um, <laughs> there's so much to that. You have to wonder. Like some in my imagination, I can just I can just be like, hey, I can imagine if Silas is like actually penning penning the words, you know, or something like that, or or or. And Paul just grabs the pen and he, and he says, I have no proof of this. Right. But, but, uh, Paul grabs the pen and he says, I, Paul, you know, I, I want, I want, this is my autograph and, and I want you to know I'm, I'm saying this and I'm pouring my heart, my soul. I wanted to be there with you guys. I didn't want to have to leave. And this is important to him. We're having a little bit of internet trouble here, aren't we? I think I lost you, Jonathan. No, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> oh, you are. Yeah, my yeah. Inter- my internet's bad right now. Three o'clock I, I on didn't a Friday. Hear the last thing you said. Yeah, I was just I saying, Paul. Paul's just my whole thing. He's he's pouring into this, Timothy. He's just pouring his whole s- heart and soul yeah. soul into it. I mean, here's the next. Let me let me share the next passage with you because it just the emotion of this is so striking to me. I, it's so beautiful, the love that Paul had for his church. And this is for 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 5. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, so he's he's losing sleep. He's, he's thinking about this dear church that he had suddenly gotten separated from. He says, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid 
that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. So again, he's thinking about what Satan can do when pastors get separated from their churches. See, he's thinking about how Satan can use severe suffering to get people to fall from there to your Savior, Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and that's his number one concern. That, that's when we have these volcanic ruptures in the text. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. And, and the final, I, I know you're probably getting there, but the final rupture in the text, the final I, like the surprise, boom, it's not a we anymore, it's an I, is when the Apostle Paul says, I charge you to read this letter. So it, it's, it's, it, he wants him himself, or at least as much of himself that can be delivered through a letter to be delivered and to reach his church. And he adjures them to, to do that. And that's the technical term of what's going on here. In other words, right. Paul, Paul's just pouring himself into this letter. <laughs> and I think, you know, we're going to, we're going to get, flesh this out a little bit more, but we could call this, um, in a certain sense, a letter of friendship. Yeah. Why do you say that though? Like, as opposed to what? It's, it's, it's a highly relational letter. If you, I, I, I'm not sure I'm trying to create some kind of category as much as I'm trying to create a feeling of how the apostle Paul is approaching the Thessalonians. He, he doesn't come on the basis of, of title, um, he comes, which he does in other books, you know, in other letters. He comes on the basis of, of a relationship that he already had with these people, along with two other men of God who also pastored these people. And together they write this beautiful, beautiful letter. It is. It's, it, it really is a, a, a sentimental, uh, sensational, uh, emotional letter. I mean, even even to the point that more than half the book uh, talks about this difficult separation that was happening under under uh, and beside extreme suffering. Sixty percent of the book, so more uh, more more than three chapters go by where Paul is lamenting and and wishing and and anxiously um, t- using this this letter to reach out to people that he deeply loved. So this letter is written about, scholars think, 49 or 50 AD. And we know, we know an awful lot about the occasion of the letter. We know a lot. Um, and, and what we know is it's, it's an incredible story, Timothy. It's an incredible story. And it, you, you'll get it. I mean, you'll get it. This, this pastor who can't be with this church, um, he's, he has to leave town. You know, he, he brings the gospel. He brings Jesus to people. Many people come to faith. Um, Luke, Luke fleshes this out, and I encourage everybody to read it. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful account, Acts chapter 17, uh, verses 1 to 9. And the Apostle Paul, what happens is he rolls into town. Um, interestingly enough, he's, he's rolling into town all beat up. <laughs> I mean, he is beat. He has, he has just gotten, he, he is, 
like literally he's coming from <laughs> he's coming from philippi and uh he's he's which is i i if my i'm going on memory here but i think it's about 90 miles so it's it's a good three to four day walk but he's also injured and he comes into the city and i i have to believe that it was a pretty memorable sight you know when the apostle paul talks to the thessalonians about i told you that suffering's going to come they would have seen a living example of it he had just come from yeah. philippi yeah, and just to remind everyone what happened at Philip by Acts chapter 16, you can review it as he gets tossed in jail and into the inner, you know, basically into the into the dungeon. Like this was a nasty place. And you know, Paul and Silas, they're down there singing hymns, right? <laughs> Paul, there's Paul and Silas. Good old Paul and Silas. Those guys, those are like Mickey and Minnie Mouse. They're in, in in the sense that they were always together and um, uh, they, they're making their way now to Thessalonica and things don't turn out better for them in Thessalonica. I mean, in terms of evangelism, clearly God raised up a church in really a short amount of time, but it was under severe persecution, severe persecution. This church was getting attacked from every which way. And of course, this there's Luke only three Sabbath days, only three Sabbath yeah. days, according to Luke, where they have any kind of modicum of peace, any kind of, you know, before trouble starts stirring up. Three weeks, right? So, you know, not, not long after that, the Jews uh, stir, stir up trouble for Paul and Silas. They, they inspire these kind of, the rabble of the town to make these accusations against Paul and Silas and a riot occurs. And uh, of course, you know, the, the governing rulers have to ship them, ship them out of town. Some people think that um, Jason, uh, who had to post bail, didn't post bail for himself, but he had to guarantee that Paul and Silas would then leave town and he had to post bail. So in other words, if Paul and Silas would have come back, Jason would have lost the the whole bond that, that he posted. And so this separation that really had no hope of resolving itself um, began in for the for the Thessalonians, Thessalonians between Paul and Silas. Yeah, so and and the Apostle Paul, I mean, he's just getting batted around. He he ends up going to Berea and uh, same kind of thing happens. And so he ends up having to go to Athens. Uh, he leaves, according to Luke, he, he leaves uh, Silas and Timothy and Berea, but he, he ends up going to Athens. And at some time, what you have to do is you have to piece together what Luke says with um, what Paul says in First Thessalonians. But at some point, uh, Paul and Silas then do make it to Athens. And it's at that point then when um, uh, Paul sends uh, Timothy on this little like covert mission, you know, back to the church. He kind of, you know, yeah. just he kind of don't ninja. tell the governing authorities. Yeah. Like, the he, bond, you know, <laughs> he like he like ninjas back into Thessalonica because Paul just can't stand it. And um 
and then Timothy comes Ninja's back. Bad. Yeah, that's probably not. Yeah. He he Ninja's makes it in there. <laughs> I'm like, he's like coming in at 3 a.m. and looking around the corner. <laughs> I can't, I, just I'm not sure it's that. Back in, but. Yeah. <laughs> but Timothy goes back to check on the church and, and bring him the word. And um, it's at that point, Timothy comes back, brings a good report, really refreshes Paul's heart. And, and we'll look at that as, as the book develops, because Paul talks, Paul and Silas, Timothy talk about that. But um, it's at that point when, when Timothy then returns, he, he tracks down Paul and Silas. And uh, it seems like what happens is he tracks them down in Corinth. And our best guess, and I and I think it's a really solid guess, is they those the three guys, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, then are together again in Corinth. And it's a pretty good guess that it's there in Corinth where where the letter is then written and sent out. And so um it's an amazing story. Probably and probably one of the first letters that Paul ever wrote. The the only one that can maybe compete with First Thessalonians is as far as antiquity is Galatians. Right. That, that one's that one's pretty early too. But first Thessalonians, I think there's some you know, you can think about how the style is a little different. We noticed some of those things already. Yeah. About just just in the first four verses. And look at that. We his formulations are a little bit different. Yeah. 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 And you know that the doctrine isn't as heavy here as Galatians. Um, so I think there, it's an interesting way of putting it into the, you know, the chronological order of Paul's letters to see how he, he develops as a, as a, you know, a letter writer and and how the spirit uses that. I want to, I want to point this out though. And so this is a church of the Thessalonians. And I think that I, I want to meditate on that with our listeners for a second, because I think that's so encouraging. Thessalonica is one of those cities that I think you'd want to visit. I, <laughs> it's on the water. It's got a great water view. If, if you would have went there, you would have seen Mount Olympus across the bay. So it's got a great trade route. Uh, it also is on um, another trade route that, would have gone up to Philippi and then also gone the other, the other way, a beautiful Roman road called the Via Ignatia. I don't know if I'm saying that quite right, but um, which would have been, it it was an incredible trade city. Uh, It was very cosmopolitan. I think it's one of those cities where you would have said, Hey, let's go get a nice little bed and breakfast. Let's go check this place out. There's a lot to see. There's a lot to take in. And um, in a in a sense, like a very a very worldly very worldly city, a lot of people coming in and out, a lot of different trades, wonderful economy. Um, as far as the world goes, it's a good place to be. Yeah, good a good place to live, and I, I I'm I love basically we moved on from the first four. Uh, words of the chapter and we moved into the phrase to the church of the Thessalonians. And so this is a church that the way I think about that is that this is a church that, that God gifted to Thessalonica. So it's a church that belongs to the city, um, to the church of the Thessalonians. 
by the way, that's a formulation that Paul never uses again. Right. He, and it, if you look at the rest of his letters, he'll say to the church in in Philippi. You know, I, I don't have it. To the church in Galatia, to the church uh, wherever it is geographically. This is the only time where the Apostle Paul s- says to the church of the Thessalonians. In other words, this is a church that was gifted by God to the entire city. I mean, I think that's that's an interesting thing to think about. Now Thessalonica had a place where they could go hear the gospel. Well, you know, this is where they could go hear about Jesus. Come on, let me lose the city. Let let me lose on this topic. I mean, (laughs) let me let me me lose. You know, this is a. it's a little bit di- this is a, di- a little bit different from um in a sense converting um people from Judaism you know who who would have known God's word in the old testament which is how the church started by the way the church starts um in the synagogue and there's some there's some some Jews who who become Christians and they form the nu- they seem to form the nucleus of the church Jason Aristarchus um, some leading Gentile women who who were uh, believers in God, uh, but then it seems like there was there was a lot of momentum at this church, and because the Apostle Paul and, and just to tease this, the Apostle Paul says, "You turned um, from idols to God, from idols to serve the true and living God," and so to, to the the point is this. These are pure pagans. They knew nothing about Jesus, nothing about the Lord, no Bible ever in their life turning to faith in Jesus. And the power of the gospel, Timothy, the power of mm-hmm. the gospel. Um, I, I want to encourage, I know sometimes, um, I, I, you know, sometimes I think Christians in this country, we, 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 we become afraid, you know, and it's important for us to see the power of the gospel in the face of pure unbelief is what you have going on here in a, in a lot of the church of, of, of Thessalonians. And I hope that brings a lot of people joy. I know it brings me joy. Like, wow, God, you can do amazing things through the word of God and, and turn people all the way around 180 degrees. That's what he does. That he he brings things that were dead and he brings them to life. He that's what he does <laughs> so many, in so many different ways. So the, to the church of the Thessalonians, so that God pulled up literally um, out of nothing. And this is a church located in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not located in Thessalonia, but in it's located in God. <laughs> I, I, I love that whole idea that, that you don't have to be in church to be in the presence of God, to be in the geographical sphere of God. This, this is a church that is planted right wherever they were, made up of Thessalonians in the presence of God. Um, and how this happens, the, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, we, how does that happen? How can we come into the presence of God and be located in him? It's only through the blood of Jesus. 
And that's what these that's what these Thessalonians had come to understand. And and so this became a church um, not located in Thessalonia, but a, a church of actual Thessalonians that belonged to the city of Thessalonia, right? Thess- Thessalonica. Beautiful thought. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's, it's my passion for my city. And I know it's your passion for your city. Like I, I want a church of Aconites. I want, I want to see the people here by the power of the gospel turn to God in faith. Well, I mean, that's what, Jesus Christ. That's, that's what, what I, churches are for, local churches. I know, I know that that's what you already have, and that's what I have, too. I what, Sure Foundation is for New York. It's for Queens. It's, it's for Woodside. And, and, and it's not a church. It's a church of New Yorkers that's located in God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I've been reading, I've been doing this, this, some work. One of, one of the big influential faith leaders in our church is by, he's with the Lord now, but his name's Dr. Seabrook Becker. And I've been doing a lot of work on him and reading his work. And one of the things that, that somebody said about him, and I haven't forgotten about it, is he said, uh, it said about him that he always lived his life in the presence of God. He was just always keenly aware that he was in God, as we all are. And he lived with joy. He lived with power. He lived with confidence. And, uh, you know, I think about him and, and the way that he lived his life. And, and I think about what Paul is, and, and Silas and Timothy are saying. These, these are people who are clearly in great suffering, living their lives in the presence of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And they, as a first thing, they want, they want their church to do that in great suffering because they're under great pressure too. Severe, severe suffering is the way the NIV has it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not only suffering, but they have questions too. They, they have struggles. What about, what about sex, my sex life? What about, what about my mom who died and, and Jesus hasn't come back yet? What about, the last day. Some people are saying that the last day already came. What about the work of the spirit? Right. What about these people who are prophesying? Um, What are we supposed to do with these things? So, you know, what about what everybody's saying about Paul that he just skipped town, you know, the going gets tough and he just leaves, you know, what about that? Right. What about that? And if, and if God was truly with Paul, then why does he let all this bad stuff happen to him? You know, right? Shouldn't he just be prosperous and all this other stuff? And yeah, I mean, this is this is there's a lot here. So Paul's there's thinking to himself: here. these baby Christians, these baby Christians, I have got to get. I've got to find out how they're doing, how they're holding up, what is going on in their lives. I have got to figure out a way to connect to them. And Timothy, he comes up. With argument, this is just, uh, you know, I can't, I can't prove this, and I'm not sure I even want to, but I just think it's so innovative in a way. Like the Apostle Paul's thinking, how can I get to these people? How can I influence these people? How can I get them the Word of God? You know what? I'm going to write them a letter. Write a letter. <laughs> and for the first time, and you just think about this, and we've pressed on, we've talked about this, but I want to press on this. This very well could be the first 
letter as we know it. And I'm, I'm qualifying that because you do have the Jerusalem letter before this. It's much shorter. Um, and Silas brings it out. Maybe Galatians too, maybe. Maybe Galatians. But this quite possibly could be the very first New Testament letter ever written. Mm. Ever written. And Paul is is for the first time figuring out that this is a way that God's word can go out. Yeah, and his first order of business, and maybe we better just leave it with this, is is the 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 first thing that he wants to say to these dear people is simply simply this grace and peace to you that's just a beautiful thing grace and that's what he always does he evangelizes even the 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 typical roman um hellenic greeting he evangelizes it grace not just greetings, but grace, and and we know what grace is in in Jesus Christ and peace. Um, this this under this well being in God that knows no bounds and doesn't take into account um, circumstances, but knows that I'm good with God. I know that He loves me. I know that He died for me. I know that I'm forgiven in Christ. Peace, grace, and peace to you. I think you got to just kind of let that settle on the heart. Yeah, and maybe we better leave the podcast just right there. Normally, we'd be able to cue the music. <laughs> grace and peace, everybody who's listened or is listening. Grace and peace to you from Aiken, South Carolina. You have a God, a Father who is. You are in right now, under his protection, in his presence. We can rest in that. If you are moved and you want to support this ministry, please go to www.thenotablepodcast.com.